This is the Fleet Street Fox column for Monday, June 13th, 2022. Pretty awful. The Tory Rwanda policy is about votes, not migrants. The fundamental thing about human rights is that it is right they apply to all humans equally. The clues in the name. The right to life, the right to live free of slavery, the right to protection of the law. And, regardless of where we're born, they apply to all of us. It is by definition wrong to apply those rights unequally or to say that you can have them only if a politician of some sort finds it convenient. People find it surprisingly easy to forget that it is inhuman to treat humans like their rights are wrong. Last year, 28,431 people crossed the English Channel in dangerous, unseaworthy boats. Who they were and how valid their claims for asylum may be has yet to be released. But we do know that the year before, 8,500 people arrived in the same fashion. Of these, about three quarters were young men, as the trope goes, of fighting age. They were predominantly Afghans and Syrians, and therefore running away from being forced into fighting for the Taliban or conscripted into the armed forces of Bashar al-Assad. If you believe they should stay in their own country and fight, you might want to consider the fact that male life expectancy in both those places is dropping like a stone, regardless of which side they become military slaves for. That may be why walking thousands of miles, getting in a leaky boat when you can't swim and dealing with pretty Patel all seems like an absolute joy by comparison. We also know that the latest analysis shows 77% of them were likely to be genuine asylum seekers. I say likely because it takes up to three years to have an asylum case resolved, so because the Home Office is in such a mess, we're not going to know the truth about the people who crossed today until 2025. But today charities, not lefty lawyers, not activists, actual charities, are going to court arguing it's illegal to send the first 31 of these people to Rwanda to have their asylum claims processed. If, as seems probable, 77% of them are later judged to be genuine asylum seekers with a solid claim for coming to live in the UK, they will only be allowed to live in Rwanda. The charities are arguing this is the illegal bit, along with breaking dozens of international treaties, conventions and declarations Britain has ratified and signed up to since 1947, when it had a hand in writing the UN Declaration on Human Rights, which is the basis for all of them. We later codify them into our own law called the Human Rights Act. And as the head of our government said this morning, it's the job of government to stop people breaking the law. Trouble is, that head of government is Boris Johnson, who's just been fined by the police for breaking the law and been found by his own civil servant to have presided over a culture of law breaking and who appears to have slightly more human rights and brass neck than most of us do. Now his MPs are calling for all the human rights and anti-slavery laws to be changed for everyone else, so no one can say it's illegal to do previously illegal things to illegal immigrants. The only problem with that is those people in small boats weren't illegal until April the 22nd this year, when the Nationality and Borders Bill received royal assent, making it a criminal offence to enter the country without approval. Those being sent abroad for being illegal probably came months or years before it was a crime. The word illegal only came into use in this context because there were legal routes that weren't taken, such as visas and applications filed abroad. As proven by the Afghan evacuation and the Ukrainian scheme, the legal routes are a disgusting spaghetti of inhumanity and incompetence, 
you might as well ask the cat to let you in. And a cynic might suggest that 12 years of Tory government made it that difficult for a reason. The problem today's government would have in repealing even a tiny clause in the Human Rights Act or anti-slavery laws would be that it does not have control of 41% of its MPs. Or Theresa May, who got some of this legislation passed in the first place. Throw in the House of Lords and a former barrister specialising in human rights leading the opposition and processing asylum claims in Rwanda is as likely to happen as the sun rising in the West. But this is being done precisely because it won't happen. And the more it doesn't happen, the happier the Tories will be. So far, Priti Patel has handed the Rwandan government £120 million. That's just the first instalment, and to it must be added the cost she always knew would be attached for government lawyers and high court judges to spend weeks, if not years, arguing with lawyers funded by legal aid, because the people whose lives at stake are the poorest, most traumatised and mistreated in the entire country. It's worth pointing out, some of those taking legal action against the government include the PCS union representing Border Force staff, who aren't renowned for being liberal wets. And as part of this deal, we agreed to take a proportion of vulnerable refugees from Rwanda, all funded by the taxpayer. Your money is not being spent on a policy, because it will never be enacted. It's not being spent on breaking the people traffickers' business model, because the slave traders would get double bubble for ferrying them back again. Even the racists will end up disappointed, because the price of exporting brown-skinned people is importing more of them. Instead, the government is spending the price of a new hospital on making you have an argument with your neighbour, because that's how it got elected last time and it sees no reason not to do it again. We remove human rights from people who do bad things. We lock them up, we seize their passports, we even subject them to watching ex-home secretaries galumph about on Strictly Come Dancing and pretending they're lovely people on the inside. But even high-security prisoners are allowed to work and earn cash. Child murderers are granted the human right of seeing whatever loved ones are left to them. Drug dealers manage to run their entire network from one cell phone hidden in the bogs on Sea Wing. In this country, it is only asylum seekers banned by order of the government from earning or paying tax, or from being able to continue their family relationships and businesses. The migrants who are illegal are the ones who overstay their visas, and there's ten times as many of them as there are people on boats in the Channel. But we don't argue about or even notice those, so Pretty sees no point in spending £120 million on fixing it. She's spending cash not on making things better, but on making angry headlines. Your government wants to make it easier for people to become slaves, because it thinks you'd vote for that. While you argue about it, Afghan interpreters who risked their lives for British soldiers and have been abandoned by our government will drown in the channel because they still had enough faith in us to ask for our help. Whatever your politics, the only thing to call that is a human wrong. And it's on the voter to fix it. This is the Fleet Street Fox column for Friday, June the 17th, 2022. The only way is ethics. Who will advise Boris Johnson now? It is a truth universally acknowledged that 1.3 million unemployed people must be in want of a job. 
and those who enjoy saying what the government ought to do will be interested to learn of a role freshly delivered to the jobs market that comes with the chance to walk the corridors of power, command ministers of the crown and generally swan about acting like the big I am. The salary is unknown but is large enough for its existence to be noted in the House of Lords Register of Interests. Holidays are likely to be interrupted and there isn't really any sick leave because if you're sickened you just have to leave. You're also going to have to spend a lot of time telling the Prime Minister that the only way is ethics. After Lord Guite became the second ethics advisor to flounce out of Downing Street, the first one went in a half over Pretty Patel, this one's departed in a half about steel tariffs, if you believe that's possible, the job of independent advisor on ministerial ethics is vacant at a time when the jobs market is awash with opportunities. Of course, there are opportunities to pick seasonal fruit for six weeks and lose rights to universal credit for months afterwards, to do back-breaking labour for little pay, wait tables or drive a lorry into a six-week traffic jam at the ports. So the prospect of a nice office job in an actual palace when all that's asked of you is an opinion may seem proper cushy by comparison. This was a job first instituted by Tony Blair soon after he was accused of misleading Parliament over the Iraq War and his majority shrank to 66, which is so piteously small that Theresa May would have chewed stinging nettles for such a swinging mandate to rule. It continued under Gordon Brown, David Cameron and the aforesaid Mrs May and all may have had their moments of moral wobble. Bigoted women, pig's heads, hooliganism in wheat fields but none of them ever caused the incumbent ethics advisor to down tools in protest. If there's one thing you can say about Boris Johnson, though, it's that he always does like to go one better. And now the job of advising him on the principles of public life is available for the second time in as many years. It would be completely in character for the Prime Minister to decide the next one shouldn't be some stuffy old lord with oldie-worldy ideas on what's right and... Uh, the other thing. Who has the pizzazz to dazzle the media, the zing to adorn the right hand of the Prime Minister, the zap to tell him, yes old boy, you can absolutely do that with no qualms whatsoever. And who, more importantly, is desperate enough to do the job? Step forward Prince Andrew, Duke of Dork, who just so happens to be looking for a way back into public life and may enjoy being seen as a moral crusader for once. Cripes! Old Boz is in the poop again, your royal ethics adviseriness. What do I do about this one? I've got the perfect excuse. Tell them you are in Woking Pizza Express and it's not your hands in the pictures. Perhaps that wouldn't work. What about Ghislaine Maxwell, daughter of a thief, ex-girlfriend of a sex abuser and long-time associate of unpleasant prats in gilded walks of life? Bugger me backwards, Giz. Those fiends at the Church of England are calling me morally bankrupt for enabling Pretty Patel. Giz her some backup. Get it? Gizza? Crumbs. Guide would have got it. Have you considered hiding or claiming to be a victim of precisely the thing you're accused of? Hid in a fridge once. Didn't go well. And I'm not going to deport myself to Rwanda. They think albinos are the result of witchcraft. They might put old Bozza in a wicker man. Get thee back to maximum security. Perhaps Loki would like to have a crack at it, or that MP who had a bit of a thing for tractors. Failing that, Vladimir Putin might be looking for an exit strategy from his current predicament, and Sarah Ferguson always seems up for making a bit of money and talking tripe. 
The real issue is that ethics and this government seem to be in a state of instable equilibrium, like mutually repellent magnets. Johnson needs rules in order to be seen as a rule breaker, and the rules need a bad guy to be seen as necessary. Neither can exist without the other, yet they pull in opposite directions. It's like having a tug of war with your backs turned. If the thought of commuting to London every day through simmering union discontent is not enough to put you off this job, the idea that you'd be daily bedevilled by the sort of ethical concerns which would make King Solomon weep hot tears of frustration probably would. Throw in the fact that the person you'd be guiding through the moral maze is as likely to heed your advice as a cheese-crazed puppy humping Granny's slipper and frankly, we'd all be volunteering to die in a urine-stained sweatbox parked on the A2 outside Dover instead. Because, as the employment figures show, just because there are 1.3 million jobs available and 1.3 million unemployed, it does not mean that those without work are in any position to fulfil the roles available. A wheelchair-bound accountant isn't going to pick sprouts, and if the combined forces of Eton, Oxford, Her Majesty the Queen and the Conservative Party can't make Boris Johnson behave, it's probably beyond the power of most mortals. Which is why he'll either appoint Jacob Rees-Mogg, who no doubt applauds wildly if the PM does a ripping fart, or scrap the role entirely so there are literally no ethics left in Downing Street and he can, therefore, no longer be accused of ignoring them. The only question is whether Boris Johnson sticks around long enough to ask for moral feedback from the ballot box.